You're listening to Track, Map, Measure with host Sean McIntosh, covering the latest thought leaders and technology in construction to understand what is building the world around us. Hey everyone, welcome to episode three of Track, Map, Measure. I'm your host, Sean McIntosh. In today's episode, I'm joined by Jad Chaloub of Rosenden to discuss how building information modeling, more commonly known as BIM, is transforming the ways companies plan, build, and fail in virtual ways so that rework is a thing of the past. We cover a number of different subjects from humble beginnings on paper to complex software suites they're using today. So we hope you stick around to listen. Jad, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So Jad works for Rosendin. And uh, Jad, do you just want to introduce yourself as, as what your position is? Yeah. So um, I probably have the longest title in construction. My official title is <laughs> BIM Technology Solutions Implementation Lead. And um, basically, it's a, it's a long way of saying that I'm part of a team that's dedicated to um, implementing BIM and non-BIM technology solutions within the, the uh, organization. So we look at, the, me and the team look at both software and hardware solutions, um, mostly in, in advanced technologies to enhance our processes, both inside the BIM department and on the field and in construction management and all the different aspects of our business. That's fantastic. And for the listeners on the call, I mean, I think there would be some value in describing BIM just as a whole, just to take it back a bit. Yeah. So um, there, there's a lot of different definitions for BIM. I like to think of it as not only a 3D representation of the building. So BIM is a planning tool, first and foremost, right? Um, you build the building virtually before you actually go and build it. So if you have to fail in some places or do some pre-coordination, you fail in a virtual world where fixing the problems is very cheap and quick, and then you build it correctly only once, almost like prototyping. Now, we can do 3D uh, design without BIM. The, the trick in BIM, um, and it might be helpful to say BIM stands for Building Information Modeling. So the information piece is the important uh, part of, of the BIM equation. Um, think of the difference between what a wall is and four lines. So four lines can represent a wall, but they're still inherently lines. A wall, when designed with BIM or when, when built with BIM software, it intrinsically knows it's a wall. So it contains information about what type of wall it is, how high it is, how thick it is, um, where are we going to buy the material from, potentially when it's going to be installed on site. Um, does it interfere with anything else? Does it have to come before anything else? Um, and all kinds of information that could just be added to that from there. So you can even go down as low as to who's going to install it on the field. Um, and how, how it should be maintained, all kinds of information that live inherently within that wall structure that you built in your, in your um, offering software. This might be something that I completely overlooked before really having the conversation with you, but uh, it was mentioned in, in an earlier talk that we had that almost everything that goes into uh, a modern building that at least your team is designing is prefabricated. Do you want to just elaborate on that a little bit more? Yeah. So, um, a lot of the stuff, so prefabrication, uh, again, just as a quick definition, is the process of assembling or building some kind of an assembly offsite in a controlled environment and then ship it to the site and just install it on site. It's uh, akin almost to manufacturing for construction, 
allows us to have better quality control, um, better control over the flow of material. You don't have to store stuff on site, which have, might have uh, unfavorable site conditions. Um, that being said, BIM enables better prefabrication because of all that information that is inherent to the model that we have. So when you have a model and you know that this piece of conduit, for example, needs to be bent in exactly this way, and this is the type of material, and this is when we're going to get it, and this is when it's expected on site, you can plan that prefabrication process a lot more um, efficiently, and it's a lot more, um, the, the value is, is more um, realized when prefabrication is, co is combined with them and it just flows a lot more smoothly. Absolutely. No, I could definitely see that. So Rosenden has obviously grown to be one of the largest electrical contractors in the country. And with that, your internal BIM department is, is large as well. Prior to digitization, uh, what did this department look like and how are those critical functions carried out? So um, you're right. Rosenden is the largest employee-owned um, electrical subcontractor in the U.S. It is um, one of the top five biggest uh, electrical subcontractors of uh, all ownerships in the U.S. Um, and we have been growing exponentially over the past 15 years. Um, honestly, the, the whole department was started by uh, my current boss, uh, Fred Miski, about 12, 13 years ago. Prior to then, the, the department simply did not exist. It has grown from him and one hire to more than 200 uh, people right now, and we're still growing. We're, the plan was to grow, um, to add significant size uh, in 2020 and 2021. We had to take a little bit of a lull in 2020 because of COVID, but the, we're back on track and we're growing in, in 2021. Um, the... Uh, uh, the department, honestly, had it needed to exist, would have been significantly bigger had it not been specifically for BIM. Because in order to kind of encompass what this department does, you would need a bunch of drafters um, sitting on, on tables and just drawing on big plans or um, AutoCAD, um, depending on what level of digitization you want to go back to. You would need a group of people who are just dedicated to maintaining the information that's related to the to the uh, plans that are being drafted, you'd need a bunch of estimators to work with the costs. You would also need a bunch of coordinators to coordinate those plans to the field. A lot more manpower to carry on the the uh, creation of sheets for specifically for prefabrication. So the Although we have been growing and we will continue to grow, BIM has facilitated a lot of these processes into one continuous entity that makes everything more possible. Otherwise, you just need significant more manpower in order to carry out all the functions um, that BIM is enabling us to carry right now. And I imagine that makes you a lot more cohesive with the client as well. I mean, there must be a far more smooth handoff process when everything has been digitized. It's gone into their building from when you guys leave off and, and the building is complete to handing that over to the client for continued maintenance. There, there is. And so we, uh, we have looked at, um, so in my previous life, before joining Rosenden, I did a lot of research on BIM specifically and on advanced technologies with BIM. And there is that attained value when the client's 
perceive the value in BIM for facility management. I mean, if you think about it, the um, construction process and, and uh, any buildings, general buildings uh, life cycle, the construction process is only a couple of years, about five to 10% of that life cycle. The bulk of the life cycle, 95% of it is owner occupied, right? And it's that life cycle that needs to be the most efficient for it to be for for the building as a whole to be successful not just the construction portion and so when facility managers and facility management companies realize the value in BIM and in receiving all that information in one cohesive package that's actually usable versus a bunch of red lines and an as belts and specs here and there the process of maintaining the building is uh, much more smooth. So if you think about it, um, imagine you having to change a valve inside a drywall or um, a conduit in a, in a drywall. Instead of having to go to the site, find the building and the room where you need to change stuff, take out that drywall, find the conduit that need, that's leaking, for example, remove it, replace it with another, uh, find out which type of conduit it is, or pipe, go back, get the pipe, buy it, receive it, go back, place it, repair the drywall. All that could literally be go to the model. You see exactly where the pipe is behind the drywall. Cut out that portion, take it out. You already know what type it is because you have it in the model. Order it beforehand, go replace it in one go, fix that one patch, and you're done. So the, the potential for using them that has been realized a lot in pre-construction and construction and continues to be realized and more adapted has a lot of room to grow in that facility management life cycle um, especially with the addition of more advanced technologies into the mix now getting the um the facility managers across this technology has that been a challenge in itself getting them to use the the things on hand either be it reality capture or virtual reality augmented reality what does that all look like in the handover? So um, again, this this a little predates my time with Rosenden, um, but I found um, for facility managers specifically, and throughout my time with Rosenden, when I'm trying to implement new technologies, whether it's for our uh, BIM staff in the office or our field staff on site, uh, it's always about finding value. Once the end user sees the value for them, the implementations become easier and more smooth. Um, that value is often defined by the creator of the technology, and sometimes it doesn't align perfectly with the user of the technology. And you always have to find the value for the user. So what I've found is um, with non-facility managers, when we're trying to implement different solutions, software and hardware solutions here at Rosenden, um, when we frame the solution as a way to save the user's time or energy or money or um, even just the amount of um, issues that might arise from a certain technology. The user is much more inclined to use it and be more forgiving of the technology itself until they or the technology is mature enough and you don't have run into hiccups. Um, with facility management specifically, there is some research that suggests that once they see the value, once they've used BIM a couple of times, and they've seen how much time and effort they could be saving and how much more issues they could be solving in one time, they are much more likely to use BIM over and over and to start learning the technology itself and learning the processes behind it itself. 
um, rather than just a blanket, hey, this is going to help you, trust us, and go learn Revit now or go learn Navis or whatever the software solution might be. And it seems like it's it's pretty common to the industry I work in where um, people who are adopting the technology, at least when they're adopting drones for surveying, they initially see that learning curve as incredibly steep. And it seems like a curve that they have no interest in riding at all. But once they find themselves at least, say, getting the first perceived value out of it or getting their ROI, well, then they're along for the ride. Then it's much easier to introduce other technologies that are on that same spectrum and they're invested into it and it starts to make sense. And that learning curve that was so steep at the beginning becomes more shallow. Now, does Rosenden offer some consulting services to building and facility managers? Um, not right now, not in, in BIM's terms. Um, we are looking to implement, so we, we do have some internal um, long-term service plans with some of our customers, and we are looking into implementing, um, while we do use BIM for those, we are looking into implementing new advanced technologies for those services, um, such as augmented reality and virtual reality and reality capture that we have um, been piloting and recently started to implement at scale at Rosenden. Um, so we have our own augmented reality solutions. Um, augmented reality is a way for the uh, for any person using some kind of a computer software um, and a computer interface, whether it be a tablet with a camera on or just a visor. Um, I don't know if some of the listeners are familiar with the Microsoft HoloLens. Um, it's like goggles with 3D projections in them where you see the world around you and then you see 3D projections on top of it. And we use those projections to show the BIM model that we have, um, which uh, I alluded to earlier uh, is the wrong nomenclature. BIM stands for Building Information Model. And when I say BIM model, I'm actually saying BIM Information Model Model. It's just common to use in the industry, so it starts rolling off the tongue. But that being said, showing that model in augmented reality, where you walk your site and then you see exactly where a conduit needs to be or where a conduit is hidden behind an existing wall. Um, those kinds of usage are not very widespread. The technology is there. They're not widespread within the industry. We are spearheading a lot of those implementations. And we will continue to use those, whether it is during construction or post-construction. Um, another solution that we've been working on is virtual reality, which is a little different than augmented reality. And it's it transitions you completely into a different space. You're typically in wearing closed-off goggles, full 360 view of virtual material around you, virtual world around you. Um, and we use that a lot for assessments and safety training and checking whether someone learned the skill that they need or the process to do something that they need um, without actually putting them in, in harm's way. So for example, when you're wiring a transformer, if you wire it wrong, it explodes. Um, you can't really test on a live transformer because the risk to human life is great. In VR, we just put the, the individual in a VR bubble and they do the process. And if they do a mistake, we can just show a mistake instead of actually blowing them off. Um, that those AR and VR are, are really big right now. You alluded to reality capture, um, which we're also getting into to different degrees. Um, and as I'm sure you know more than I do, there's different levels to reality capture and different levels of accuracies. Um, 
we have had a laser scanning team uh, for reality capture for the past five years that's done a phenomenal job. And we are expanding that reality capture into lower degree, um, just having 360 images of the, the job sites um, updated at much higher frequent rate um, through a partnership with a third-party vendor. And that will allow us to just have that almost Google Street View-like um, usage of, of or um, access to this site, which especially during COVID times is enabling us to, for anyone, any executive, any project manager, any project exec who needs to be on site to just log in and go to any spot on the project site and look at the, how the work is being done without actually having to travel there. So the, the software and hardware innovations that are possible are really endless. It's just about finding the right value to the end user and providing it in a way that makes them want to use that solution um, versus anyone, and especially in construction. Construction is not known for being the most progressive and the most willing to take chances on new technologies. And framing those technologies as value added to the end users is key in advancing those, um, those implementations and those adoptions of those technologies. It's one of those things with technology where, you know, the early adopters usually end up being light years ahead of their competitors. But with being an early adopter, I mean, you're going to you know, stand yourself up and fall back down again. I mean, we see it all the time as you come on the market. The first time you picked up a drone, if it was eight years ago, if it was 10 years ago, you would have had an awful time. There was a lot of hacked together solutions, cameras that didn't communicate with the GPS, didn't communicate with the actual craft itself. And you know what? There was lots of crashes that, that happened. But those people who can stick through those technologies, you know, keep kind of innovating with them and, and willing to work through those usually end up on, on top. Is that something that Rosenden has always prided themselves on as being those innovators? I mean, you, you seem to sit on a team as a whole that is just going out and shopping new solutions. Exactly, exactly. And uh, so we, we are, we have the biggest in, uh, in company BIM department in, in the US. Um, we set at about more than 200 people right now. Um, out of those, we have a dedicated team that all we do really is find ways to optimize the processes that we have, find new technologies that expand our capabilities, and just find ways to measure those uh, ROIs and see how we can implement them in an effective manner. And that team is growing and has been growing also substantially in size from a couple of people a few years back to now we're more than a dozen that all we do day in and day out is just look for technologies, look for software, see how we can implement them, or just find problems with our current process. And a lot of times we end up developing our own solutions. We have multiple develop developers on the team that develop custom-made solutions just for us. And that also comes from like what you said, being early adopters and being innovators in the area, we often find ourselves with problems that don't have an off-the-shelf solution. We simply cannot buy that, so, that solution because it does not exist. And a lot of the times we end up just building our own and running with it and building on top of it. 
So, I mean, obviously in, in all this, we, we've come a long way from pen and paper. We've come a long way from those drafters. But what are some of the more innovative t- technologies that your team is using, either on the hardware side or the software side or both? So uh, going back to AR and VR, because that's a little uh, close and dear to my heart, I have um, my, my PhD was in AR and VR in construction. Um, and specialty construction specifically. So those are very close and dear to my heart. We have um, our own um, software for both iPads and the Microsoft HoloLens that does AR projections. Um, and it has a multitude of tools that enables us to do um, more functionality with the model so we can turn off and on different parts of the model. We can change transparency. We can we use those for clash detection on site for quality control for quality assurance um, making sure that before pours that everything is coming out in the right place and that saves us a lot of money and a lot of problems down the line especially when we do catch a problem we always hope we go in and not find anything but when we do that that's the um, that's the payoff for for using those technologies Um, vr we are rebooting right now for um, assessments and for safety training um, and training in general. Um, we have reality capture, like I said, we have been partnering, we have been testing three or four different solutions for reality captures. We've um, settled on using open space. Um, they allow you to use a off the shelf 360 degree camera mounted on a hard hat and you literally just walk the site and it basically recreates a Google Street view of your site on any web uh, connected device that is going to be mass implemented in 2021. I think that this uh, this solution will add a lot of value to different aspects of of our business. Um, On the software side, we are at any given time assessing between 10, 15 to 20 different solutions, um, software solutions that are commercially available that we just need to make sure whether they add value to our current process and how it's best to implement them. A similar number of solutions that we are building um, internally for specific problems that we are running into. And those vary in size from a small Revit add-in to full-blown software that has very specific usage. Um, so we do, we do have a lot of um, endeavors going on at one time um, and you're right, we are far from the pen and paper days and well into digitization. Um, that does not mean and that we are done innovating or that we could ever be done innovating. Uh, I think there is a long way to go to integrate all the different aspects of construction. And construction is very, very uh, fragmented and very, very detailed in, in some areas. And bringing all those together uh, and making them better communicate with one another is the real challenge right now. And I think that's going to be the challenge for the next five to 10 years is to just monitor that data flow and make sure that the data that's being entered in one place is well capitalized on in the other end. No, that's a a really good observation. It's something that I I see completely in the industry I work in as well. It's uh, we're at this like tipping point too, where people, you know, have all these great hardware instruments that can capture more data than they really know what to do with. So we're almost outpacing what you've traditionally been able to do on a standard desktop computer. 
are the technologies you're using are, are more of them cloud based or are they desktop? What what does that look like? As of right now, we're still. Um, I mean, some some aspects are definitely in the cloud right now. Um, and in some cases, again, it, it all comes boils down to ROI, and I'm a numbers guy, so it always comes down to what's the ROI, and when the ROI is undeniable, we will go that way. Whether it is going to the cloud or staying on premise for some for some cases, I think in general, just as a tech geek looking from the outside, we are moving into the cloud, whether we like it or not, over the next five years or ten years. Um, as of right now, a lot of the solutions are still not very well optimized for the cloud. And we rely on the outcomes of those solutions for our day-to-day business. So we can't really be the bleeding edge innovators and, hey, we're moving everyone to the cloud now and let's see if we can uh, move forward with it. That being said, we are absolutely looking into the possibility of fully migrating to the cloud at some point. Um, and that, that is being continuously looked at and possibly soon tested on smaller scales. Um, and if we see the return and if we see the value, then we'll, have, we'll be wherever the value is. Um, we have a, a very um, strong commitment in Rosenden and in this department within Rosenden and always being at the forefront of where the value is. Um, we, we can't be stuck in because like you said, if you're stuck a year past the technology, you're light years behind, right? Technology moves very, very quickly and you just can't afford to not be in the know. It just is a balancing act between being too on, on the too front edge or too behind. It's a, it's a balancing act to find that, that sweet spot. So I think just just to kind of round up on this conversation, I mean, finally, just just for the listeners who are, are have hung around for this long, what is the uh, single piece of technology that has you most excited right now? Um, again, I'm I'm a little impartial impartial to uh, AR, but honestly, as of late, I have been um, for the past year or year and a half, I have been very very involved with the metrics and the measurements and analytics. And I find a, a huge value in using machine learning and um, artificial intelligence on the data that we don't know what to do with right now, like you, like you, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, you exactly. alluded to. Yeah. Um, how we use it and why we use it is still very much open for discussion. And I think that's a completely different discussion that we could have at some other point. Um, but machine learning and AI are definitely the future of construction. We just need to know how to use them properly yeah no absolutely absolutely well jed i uh i really enjoyed the discussion today thank you so much for uh agreeing to be on the show likewise look to be back yeah absolutely take care you too bye